welcome if you're listening over the internet. Welcome. I'm looking out my window and I can't believe it, but it's actually snowing this morning. Um, and it was 60 degrees yesterday. So this is some strange weather, but it is it is what it is. Uh, winter has not let go yet. Uh, it's actually snowing and it's sticking a little bit, not much, a little bit. Um, I hope you're safe. I hope you're warm. I hope you have shelter. You know, if you look at the news, it's very sad what's happening in Ukraine. And when you realize those poor people are out in the cold on top of all the destruction, it's it's very, very sad. Um, welcome to everyone. This program is brought to you by my law office, Wills and Trusts, LLC, where the only kind of law we do is to prepare wills, trusts, power of attorneys, advanced medical directives, assist people in creating their legacies, securing them, and then passing them on to the next generation. So if you or someone you know needs a will, a trust, assistance in administering a probate or a trust, or just some, you know, direction and assistance in thinking about it and figuring out how it gets done, give us a call at 240-638-2828, 240-638-2828. And my staff and I will be glad to work with you, send you the client information form or probate information form uh, that you uh, need have you to fill out the information on it. Then when you send me an email, I will send you a link uh, that you can return it in a secure fashion through a secure email portal that we have. Or if you don't use uh, email or the computer or you're not comfortable with it, uh, we will mail the forms to you by postal mail, receive them back, and then schedule a video conference or an audio conference with you to talk about your your situation, your needs, how you want your estate to be handled, and then prepare the documents and get them executed. Everything is done virtually until we're ready to sign the document. When your documents are signed, or to be signed rather, then we have you to come into the office where I will notarize them, my staff will be your witnesses, we will make copies and give you your original documents as well as copies to make sure that you do not mark on the original documents. Please remember that. Do not mark on the original of, of a will, a trust, a power of attorney, or an advanced medical directive. Not even if you mark through it and put an initial on it. Because when they're used, you are either incapacitated or dead, and the court doesn't know if you mark through it or somebody else. So I beg of you, do not mark through your will, any part on your will, your power of attorney, or your medical directives. If you've already done this, please get in touch with us so that we can prepare a new will for you, okay, that will be accepted by the court. You don't want to have your family die, have you die, and then your family's unable to accomplish the objectives that you set forth. Um, so this is important stuff. Give us a call. It's all we do every day, uh, all day. Law is really powerful. It can help you or it can hurt you. It impacts everything that you do. And what you don't know about the law definitely hurts you and it hurts your heirs. What you do know empowers you. And I want to say what you do empowers you and empowers the next generation. It's not enough to just listen to me Saturday after Saturday after Saturday. Sometimes people call me and they say, Ms. Mitchell, I've been listening to you for five years. And I'm like, well, I'm so glad you finally called and you were finally getting something done. Because until you actually have your documents, Signed, not just prepared, signed, it's no good, okay? 
I, sometimes I even have some of my clients that I've, I've worked with before. They'll call me and they'll say, uh, they'll send in their form and they'll say, well, now that I've sent you the information, I don't have to worry about it. I was like, yes, you do, because until the documentation is prepared and you are you have signed you have signed off on it, it is not any good. It's not enough to just tell me, even on a form, this is what I want. It's not enough for you to just write it down on a piece of paper. Like people will come to me with a piece of paper that their mother wrote down while she was sick. And she'll and, and they and she wrote down or her father wrote down and said, This is what I want to have happen, but it's not signed, witnessed, attested, all the things that a will has to be properly done. And I say to them, I'm sorry, but this is not any good. If anybody, you know, at the the time that it takes to get a lawyer to do the 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 the, the will properly and to get it executed, you could have gotten that done. So I beg of you, tell your parents, tell your your grandparents, your aunts, your uncle, and yourself, yourself, don't keep putting this off. Just get it done. And, and please realize that it takes a little time to do it, okay? Uh, when you make the call or when you send in the information, that's just the beginning of the process. We can't turn it around in a week. It takes time in order to get these things done. So please just try to do it while you're well, you're not worried about it. You're not in a rush. We don't have to worry about how we're going to get it signed. Are you in a nursing home and sick? You know, and so on. Can we get the documents to you with the notary and the witnesses and so on? Just get it done. We'll we'll make the client. Inf- I mean, sorry. We'll make your estate documents books that have your originals and copies of everything in it. We are even making copies of documents more and more for people for other people who may be your your intended uh, trustees, your intended executors so that they will have copies of what you uh, have provided. We will make copies for the people that you have named to go to the hospital with you or to take care of your medical care. We will make copies for all of those people so that you can give them to, to them or we can mail them to them. So they have copies if necessary, if you feel that necessary, because that's what they're going to need to have when and if they are called upon to act. Uh, but we don't always do that. Sometimes I say, no, don't do that. Especially if you're young and you're well, because you might change your mind. Okay? But we, we are guided by you, what you want, and what you need in terms of going forward. So please give us a call, 240-638-2828, and we'll be glad to get started on preparing your documents. It's very, very important. As always, I want to remind you, you can call in. And please, I want to encourage you to call in now. While I'm on the air, I'm here for an hour and a half. So understand there are no dumb questions. So call me, 1-800-450-7876. And I'll be glad to try to answer the questions that you may have about wills, about trusts, about power of attorneys, deeds, and how things are done in terms of this type of law. Uh, I have asked some other lawyers to come on that do guardianship, that do litigation and so on, so that you can get the benefit of their knowledge as well. But please remember, Whatever is said on the program is for information purposes only. There is no attorney-client relationship established by anything said on the program or on any of the websites that I have. It is for information and educational purposes only. You really do have to go to your own individual lawyer to know exactly how the law will deal with your particular circumstance. This is very, very important. 
That's why I do not recommend using forms. I do not recommend using electronic services or internet services or packaged things that you buy on the internet or in the store. Each person's circumstance is different. The law in this area is very specific and really quite complicated. And so you want to make sure, and this type of law is the kind of law that you can't change once you get sick or once you die. Whatever you have documented, whatever you have in your documents is what the court and the law is going to um, follow uh, or reject. Quite often, wills on forms I've seen be rejected because they weren't executed properly. They weren't. They didn't have the right attestation. Uh, we can't prove the witnesses. There's no proving self-proving affidavit. It's a real problem that is better resolved by having a lawyer do it for you while you are, that needless to say, alive and competent to do it, okay? Don't wait until you're, you're sick or sickly or rushed. It's really, really important. And make sure that those that you want to carry out your wishes either have or have. Make sure that those that you want to carry out your wishes either have or have access to your original last will and testament. They have to have it in order to get it um, uh, sent to the court and followed. Um, remember also that voting is powerful. We're coming upon another whole set of voting. And so I really want to encourage everyone to get out and vote uh, during it's not a presidential year it's a, it's it's the midterm elections and those are very very important that's where we often lose ground because everybody knows we come out for the for the president at least if there's somebody we want there um, and we ought to be coming out all the time but they also know we often don't come out during the second uh, during the midterms, and we really want you to come out during that time so we become a real force to be reckoned with all of the time, and we have to be paid attention to, and our wishes have to be accomplished. I understand there's a caller on the line. Good morning. May I help you? Good morning. Hello? Good morning. Yeah. Hey, hey, how's it going? I'm good. Um, I'm good. How can I help you? That's good. Yeah, this is Marcus. Um, my Twitter is streamav is uh, at streamavid, s t r e a m a v i d v is in Victor, okay. and basically, okay. I I have a, a platform. Um, it's not only for eighteen and older now, but where people like you can more frequently um, broadcast through live streams what it is you do. Um, and um, it's it's for everyone, but again, uh, it's for 18 and up. Here's my question, um, mm -hmm. uh, because I'm very experienced, okay? And I just feel like anything that's overly complicated, there's no solution. Um, the question is, um, Michael Jackson, supposedly uh, Dick Gregory, I think, um, who was a longtime friend, I think, and listener of this channel, mentioned that uh, possibly they changed Michael Jackson's will to, to, so that the courts got what they, whoever was involved, the, the mafia, whoever, okay, got what they wanted um, when Michael Jackson passed, and it's still unclear. So my question is, if they can mess up Michael Jackson's will and take Michael Jackson's mom off the will, and his family, they're complaining until today, then how is it possible that you can uh, tr uh, uh, benefit the listeners of this station's families, given the fact that 
like you said, week after week, you're not really giving any, you're not really, for example, what are the forms that need to be filled out? That's all they need to know. No, no, no. And I'm glad you called because this is the kind of misinformation, and I don't mean to be rude, but you're just wrong, okay? Number one, every day, all day, millions of people not only have their wills followed by the court, but they are enforced by the court. I don't know what happened with Michael Jackson, and I dare say that you don't either. There's a lot of people that say a lot of things about what happens in court, and it's easy to do because it's good press, but I don't know what happened with Michael Jackson. I don't know that what you're saying is true or not. I just don't know, and so I'm not going to pass any kind of opinion on it, but I do know that every day, all day, for 30 years, I have been not only preparing wills, but I've been taking them into court, and I've been having people have their properties transferred according to the terms of their wills and their trusts. This week alone, I want to say there were at least three different persons whose parents I had done wills or trusts with who got over $100,000 each because they parents had come in, they had prepared their trust, they had prepared their wills, and they were followed, okay? And they did not use a form. They did not use a form. So to tell people to use a form is to engage in misinformation because the law is very clear whether you like it or not. We go to court, we go to school a long time. We go to, we take classes a long time. This, this week alone, I took six hours of additional continuing legal education from six to nine, two nights a week to learn more about what I do all the time. Okay? So although I thank you for calling, I, do, I really do. And I, I hope I'm not coming off too bad to you, because I, I, I don't want to. And I respect your, 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 your right to say whatever you want and to do whatever you want. But the reality is, whether you like it or not, the law is really powerful. Whether you follow it or not, it will help you, but it will also hurt you. And I see a lot of people, a lot of people using these forms. And, and, and sending them to me, and I can't do a thing with them. Well, can't do a thing I, with them. I, okay, yes, I hear you. Well, the thing is, like, a notary, a public or whatever, notary, what I'm, I wasn't, see, the thing is that um, with the lawyers in general, it's kind of slippery talk. You don't, no, doing, no, 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 I'm not going to have you come on my show and malign my profession. I'm not going to have you do that. Most lawyers, 99% of lawyers work really hard, okay? And we're not slippery. So I thank you, but I don't thank you for coming on trying to malign my profession, whether you like it or not, okay? We accomplish a lot for a lot of people over and over and over again, and we work really hard to do it. Just because you don't like the results. And you want to badmouth it, that's on you. But I thank you, but I ask you to please be disconnected because I am not going to have you say anything about my profession saying that we are slippery. No. I'm not saying we're all correct. I'm not saying that every last person in every profession is, is absolutely correct or not wrong or bad or whatever. Every profession has that. Okay? But the reality is 99.9% .9 of lawyers work really hard to get people good results, and we are successful in doing it. We are successful in doing it. So you can go get your forms. You can go listen to whoever you want to listen to on the radio that don't know what they're talking about, okay? Because I have been in cases 
that were high-profile cases. And I have seen what is written by newspapers about what was going on in those cases, and it was nothing like what was going on in the actual courtroom. But we are not allowed to respond to the press. We're not allowed to respond and say, no, that's not what they said. This is what they said. Not allowed to do that. We can't tell you what our client said or anything like that. All of that's attorney-client relationship, and, and the courts are very specific and very uh, careful about how law is, is carried out and how we talk about it. So, no, you're not going to come on my radio show and malign my profession. So goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you, but goodbye. You're listening to Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell. I'm your host, Attorney Ethel Mitchell. And I will not tolerate that on my program. We work too hard. We work too hard to try and help people over and over and over again. That's all we do. And so if you don't like the results, one of the problems with law is that somebody wins and somebody loses when you get into litigation. And those that lose often don't understand why they lost. And it's easy to blame the lawyer for it. Okay? So you go get your forms. And you hope and pray that when your mom and your daddy die, that the court will accept it. You want to do that, that's your right. But if you want to make sure that it's done properly, then you get a lawyer to do it properly for you. And don't whine if you don't do it. Okay, don't whine if you don't do it. And then in order to get your mama or your daddy's house or the eight or $900,000 that the house is worth, or you've been living in a house forever and you never took the time to get the deed proper. Don't blame the lawyer for that. Don't blame the lawyer for that. Okay. We take what we are given when somebody walks in the office and we do the best that we can with it. But when you don't do your part, you know, this is not where you have to do something. You have to, if you want to be protected by the law, you've got to follow the law. Okay, you've got to use the law. You've got to get it in writing. You've got to get it exercised and signed properly. Okay, and when you do that, then we can help you to make sure that what you want to have happen happens. But when you don't, don't come whining back to us and say we're the ones that are slippery. Okay, you're listening to Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell. I'm your host, Attorney Ethel Mitchell. And I, I just will not tolerate that. Not on my program. I'm sorry. Mm-mm. Don't know what you're talking about. And you spread a lot of misinformation. And I don't appreciate it. Not one bit. <sighs> I usually say there are no dumb questions. And that's true. It's not a dumb question. And initially I thought he was really coming up with some very good questions. But you're not going to say Lawyers are slippery and slimy on my program and think I'm going to tolerate it. No, I'm not. Law is powerful. It can really help you or it can hurt you. Um, it impacts everything that you do, whether you like it or not. It impacts everything that you do. Um, so it is important that you have uh, this done. Okay, it is important that you have this done. I understand that I have some more callers on the line. Good morning. May I help you? Good morning, Attorney Mitchell, long-time listener, and I follow every um, advice that you give. My questions today, my questions today, have to do with the kind of legal representation you would recommend. If this is something that is in your um, area of expertise, or if this is something that has to go to someone else. Now, the first scenario is, and I'll try to keep all of this brief. The first scenario is I have a cousin that uh, was from New York, is currently in a nursing home in Maryland right now. She's like in her, mm-hmm. her early 70s, and she has dementia. She owns a property mm-hmm. in New York, and, of course, she's got her documents like will and, and, um, and medical directive and power of attorneys. Um, of course, she has them or she doesn't have them? No, she has, has them. She has those documents. Okay, good, good. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. The, the, the point is the fact that she owns this property and she's in a nursing home 
And, you know, it's very expensive to keep her in a nursing home. The mm-hmm. decision to, like, sell the property and do, t- you know, who who would be the right type of legal person to represent her in terms of, you know, the decision needs that to be done. To be made? Yes, right. Yeah. There are lawyers, and I'm not one, okay? There are lawyers okay. that that specialize in what's called elder care, elder which is care. a little different. It, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a part of the estate planning field. It's just that mm-hmm. it's not something that, I do because, you know, there's only so much a person can do. But I can give you, if you call the office and you yeah. let me know, I can at least give you somebody in the Maryland area that does it. Mm-hmm. And they may okay. then have to coordinate or or her family, whoever is her guardian mm-hmm. or power of attorney, um, can contact someone in New York that does this kind of work. There's also a um, website, mm-hmm. NALA, I think it's called, N-A-E-L-A dot O-R-G or dot com. I'm not sure. It's one or the other. National Association yeah, of yeah, Elder N-A-E-L-A. Lawyers. Okay. I think N-A-E-L-A. it's N-A-E-L-A dot org or dot com. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Okay. But you can go to that website, mm-hmm. put in the... Mm-hmm put in the zip code where mm-hmm. the person is and lawyers that do that kind of work will come up. Okay. okay? They, and, and then you can also reach lawyers that do that because, because you're, you're asking two different, you're asking related things. And that mm-hmm. is how can you best preserve her assets mm-hmm. to care for her while caring mm-hmm. for her? And also yeah. how can you best preserve so that you can pass on those assets to the next generation. And once you're already incompetent and you're already in a nursing home, mm-hmm. there's much more limitation on what you can do. There's things that you can do before that happens, but there still may be things that can be done. People that lawyers that know Medicaid and mm-hmm. you know how the government works and so on like that, that's the kind of expertise that you need. Okay, that's the kind of expertise that you need. Okay, so that's what I would suggest. Okay, so real quick, my second question has to do with um, a property that um, was owned by three persons, uh, my mom and my two sisters, and and my mom and one sister passed on, so there's just one sister alive that, that, um, you know, know, was part Mm -hmm. of the property. Done a deed, uh-huh. What... What solution would would be recommended for in that situation? Because my both my mom and sister had um, wills, and of course the rest of the family is kind of like, well, we, they, they really don't know. Okay, okay. Let me let me like, answer let me answer the question this way. Okay, because I have an idea where you're going. Yeah. Number one, when you own property like that, and this is just a general response to it. When you own property in a family where different members of the family are owners on the deed, mm-hmm. I'll put it like that, because deed, yeah. the, the deed controls mm-hmm. the ownership, okay? Mm-hmm. The, the family should, or the owners should decide how they want that property to be distributed first. Mm-hmm. And if you want the survivor to own it, in other words, like let's say you have three people, and the mother and the two daughters, do they mm-hmm. want whoever, did the mother want the two daughters to own it when she died? Or does the, 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 the two daughters want the mother and the survivor? In other words, is, is it like family property where whoever survives is, is to no. be the sole owner? Okay. No, no, let me, let me just finish because I, this is a good question. It's a really good question mm-hmm. for a lot of people. And I try to give information that everybody can use. Um, but if you if that is what you if that is what they had wanted, I want people to know that you can mm-hmm. go to a lawyer and have that deed changed while they're still alive to mm-hmm. joint tenants with rights of survivorship. Right. Okay. While everybody mm-hmm. is alive, you can change the deed to joint tenants with rights of survivorship. Mm-hmm. And I've done that for quite a few people and avoided probate for them that way. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's not uncommon 
sisters may live together, brothers may live together. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's just yeah. an easy way to avoid probate and still get it to where you want it to go. Okay? Mm-hmm. So that's something that you need to go to a lawyer to get done quickly. And and, and, and it avoids the whole thing of probate. All right? Uh, until the last one dies, and then they have to control through their will or their deed how it's to go. So, now, so this if would the be ind- a lawyer? No, if the objective... Kind of lawyer that you, uh-huh. No, I, I can do that. That kind of... Okay. Any lawyer that mm-hmm. does... that. But 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 it sounds like they didn't want that. That mm-hmm. the mother's estate would manage their her share, the sister's estate would manage her share, and so on like that. And so mm-hmm. on, when a deed does not say joint tenants with rights of survivorship, the law says it is tenants in common, which mm-hmm. means that one third went to the mother's estate, one third yeah. went to and so on like that. So in order to distribute that, you have to open the estate of each of the persons who have died. And then the who, whoever is in the mother's estate will get her one-third share. Whoever is in the, the other sisters will get their one-third share. And then the live sister will get her one-third share. So the first thing to do is to open the estates for the two that have died. Get a personal representative appointed on each of those estates, and then mm-hmm. those two persons with the surviving sister can sell or control the property and do what they need to do with it. Okay, okay. So that's gotcha. what's going to have to be done, okay. and and that's and that's the kind of thing mm-hmm. we can do. Okay, but that's okay. what happens. That's what happens to be done. And yeah. My, and my final question, I don't mean to, you know, take up all your, of your time, but my final question has to do with my elderly neighbor who just lost her husband. And, oh, sorry. and of course, is going through the process of, um, um, I guess, selling our home and moving from the D.C. metro area to, to California. And I, she went to the bank. I think she deals with Bank of America. And they told her she need to get a lawyer. So what kind of lawyer would the, would she need to get? <clears throat> what happens there is it probably it most likely means that her husband has bank accounts that her name was not on, that her home may be in a deed that does not have her name on it. Also, uh, and it may it may or may not mean that when he died. He had a he had or did not have a will. Those are the initial questions that need to be asked when somebody has died uh, and taken care of before they die. But since I'm going to assume that it was not, and that she is not either the named personal representative or whoever is helping her is not named personal representative of by the father, you know, by the husband, then she could come to our office or to whatever office, you know, does this kind of work, probate, estate work, and we could help her to open an estate. That means, well, our process would be to send her what's called a probate information form, It's a a four or five page form that asks the name of the decedent, where he died, when he died, uh, any children that he may have had, uh, and of course, who would be in charge of his estate, was he married, and for the children and the spouses, their names, their addresses, and their phone numbers, and then a little bit about what property we knew that he had. When we get that information, we talk to the client and we go over because that tells us what needs to be done. So let's say she went to the bank. That must have meant that she knew she, he had a bank account there. So even if we don't know how much is in the bank account, we can at least prepare the documents that get the probate or the court proceeding open. We need the death certificate, okay? when we file the papers, but we would prepare a petition for administration of the estate. In some states, in in Virginia, it's called probate information form. In Maryland, 
It's called Petition for Administration of a Regular Estate or a Small Estate. If it's under a certain amount in D.C., it's called the Petition for Probate. And we fill all that out with the information that, in this case, the lady would have given us. She has to sign the form or whoever is going to be the personal representative. If there is a will, then when she signs the form, she brings us the will, and we file the will with the petition and all the other documents. In, in Maryland, we have to file a list of interested persons, which is the names, addresses, and relationships of all the persons who would inherit from him. So let's say he only had his wife. He didn't have any children. We would have to say We'd have to say that on the list of interested persons. Maryland has a separate form for that. D.C., it's part of the petition. And we say the decedent died. Let's say Mr. Robert Jones died. He had no children. He had no children who had died before him. And his parents are deceased. So that means that the wife is the only heir. Okay? Let's say he did have children then we'd have to name those children. Let's say he had children who had died before him, and they had children. We'd have to name the children who died before him and the, the, the children of his predeceased child. All of that information has to be put on the paper that we initially file in the court, along with an estimate of what other property that he owned. We would look up the deed if he's if the property is in I think in the question the property was in D.C. If, if the properties in D.C. are in Maryland, we can go online. I'd look up the deed. I'd see is her name on the deed. If her name is on the deed, we don't have to include that as a part of the probate filing. If her name is not on the deed, then we have to include it. You see. So basically, that's what has to be done. Okay, she needs to come to a lawyer. She give that information. If she has somebody that can help her, we can work with her. But she has to tell us that that person is 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 someone that she authorizes to help with her because we can only talk, you know, with people who are authorized. But that's the beginning of the process. If her name is on the deed and he has died then she can move forward with selling the property quickly because she now owns the property. If it's on as tenants by the entirety, 99% of the time it is. So she can go on and get the property listed. She can sell it and take the money, okay, and, and do what she needs to do with it. If her name is not on the deed, then we've got to get her appointed as personal representative or somebody that she consents to being appointed as personal representative, and then we would move forward. If he has children and he has, uh, then they have to consent as well, assuming there is no will. So that's a long answer, but the process is rather complicated in getting that process started. But it can be done, and it is done all the time. So give us a call if we can help. At two four zero six three eight two eight two eight, two four zero six three eight two eight two eight. That's what we do, okay. And hopefully, you know, we can do it ahead of time, so that she doesn't have to go through all of this, uh, because we can fix it so that with the document, with properly drawn up documents, she does not have to go through court in order to get the assets. If that's what his intentions are, we can make that happen. Okay. Uh, I think there was one other caller on the line. Doug, is there another caller on the line? I don't know if they're still waiting. Yes, I'm still waiting. Okay. I'm sorry. Can I help you? Can you hear me? Yes. Yes, I can. Okay. Okay. Attorney Mitchell, first thing I want to say is thank you, thank you, thank you for being willing to share your knowledge and expertise. You've been an attorney for several decades. Yes. And, <laughs> and, and, and the people who listen to you really value what you tell us. 
We oh, really thank you. Thank you. I'm glad. Thank now, you very now, much. Sometime, some time ago, you were speaking about, on several programs ago, you were speaking about a uh, real estate listing agreement. Uh-huh. And you mm-hmm. were saying about a broker and an agent, the difference is there a difference? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. I remember that. Yes, yes. Um, yes, yes. Um, a, let me start this way. Um, a real estate agent, both persons, a real estate agent and a broker, have to be licensed as, you know, they have to have a license in order to sell real estate. And, they have to usually, usually you have to, you know, pass a test. And there's a lot of, uh, in some states, there's continuing education that they have to take every year, okay, in order to be able to keep their licenses current. A broker is someone who not only can sell property, but they can hire and have real estate agents under their brokerage company. In other words, a broker can can not only own a company, but that person has agents that work for them uh, and work with them and sometimes has more experience and more, um, um, you know, knowledge about the real estate. Not always. Not not always. Okay. Well, well right. to cut to my quick question. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at this contract, the real estate listing agreement, exclusive rights to sell, and it says broker yeah. compensation. Yeah, yeah. So not agent. Yeah, because most of the time, a broker is, even an agent who is selling, is often selling under the license of a brokerage company. Okay. That that's okay. that's that's what that is. That often most like like if you if you if, if you have a contract from Long and Foster, okay, or one of the other big companies, they are brokerage companies. Okay? okay. And so your agent is working for Long and Foster. When when we say property, a lot of times people think only homes and land in law property can be we call it real property when it's land or homes. We call it personal property when it's things, tangible things. And then there's intangible property, which is money so um, and financial accounts. But there's a very good question right now I want to try to answer. I think the question is, what's the difference when you have a real estate contract that says broker commission or broker fee? With broker versus real estate agent. A broker is almost always, and I know of, has already been a real estate agent. But a broker is someone who can hire and have real estate agents working for or under them. Often brokerage houses are big companies like Long and Foster, Remax, you know, some of the bigger companies like that. So when you have a, a, a real and, and then let me there's one more thing that you should know. A realtor when you see someone that has the big R either next to their name or on a contract or something like that, a realtor is a can be a broker or a real estate agent and or a real estate agent who belongs to an association of realtors. That's a that's a nationwide association that gives, uh, you know, education, courses. Uh, they have different standards that they live up to and so on like that, 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 that they say they do and so on. It's like a national bar association but for the real estate community. And so uh, when you see someone that has a big R next to their name, that means they are a realtor they are they can be a real estate agent and or they can be a uh broker when you're looking at your contract a real estate contract a listing contract is the contract that the real estate agent or broker 
gives to someone who wants them to sell their property for them. So let's say Mr. Robert Jones wants to sell his house, calls up his friend who's a real estate agent. His friend says, okay, Mr. Robert Jones, I'll be glad to sell your house. I work for Long and Foster. I'll bring the contract over. We'll go over it together. The realtor comes over. I mean, the, the agent comes back to Mr. Robert Jones with the contract, the listing contract. The contract is fairly long. It has a lot of wording in it. And part of the wording in it is going to be the broker is, and it will be long and foster because that's who Mr. Jones's agent works for. When it talks about the broker fee, Long and Foster is going to get that fee. And there's a separate agreement between the real estate agent and the broker, Long, Long and Foster, as to how much of that fee the agent is actually going to get. You see what I mean? So that's a long answer to your question, but I hope that answers. Do you have any other questions about that? Yeah, yeah. About, about this listing. What the price uh-huh. is? How do they come to the price? Well, again, that's a that's a real estate question. But what I've been told, because that's beyond what I do, is they look at the prices of other properties in that neighborhood, and they do a comparable. They they search and see. Well, did your neighbor or somebody in the neighborhood with a similar house? sell in the past two or three years how much did it sell for what the market is like the market right now is hot it is very hot i've had people i i I had a realtor to put a property on the market in an estate that was in terrible condition i mean he told me it was terrible condition and it sold in less than a week for more than the asking price because the 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 market is so hot in that neighborhood. You see what I mean? So it really depends on a combination of you know, real estate. They talk about location, location, location. That's extremely apart, uh, important, apparently. And then it's also, uh, is your house similar to other houses? They have to look at, like, if you have a three-bedroom house and a house – not far from you had five bedrooms and it sold, then that might not be a good comparable or they may have to, you know, take something off, you know, or maybe what's confusing a lot of people sometimes is, okay, your mother's house is, has not been fixed up, but the house next to her, you know, or investor came in, bought it, put a hundred thousand dollars in it, redid it. And it turned around and sold for $800,000. That doesn't mean your mother's house is worth $800,000. The realtor can, can help you to determine what is your mother's house worth at, in the condition it is right now, because that's how they're selling it. You're not an investor with $100,000 to put in to bring it up to the $800,000 level. You see what I mean? So, so okay. don't necessarily look at what a house in the neighborhood, that's not the only parameter, you know, but they do it by comps, it's called. It's, it's by comps. They call it comparables. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you again, Attorney Mitchell, for all your expertise and knowledge. I really appreciate you. Well, you're more than welcome. Thank you for calling in. And, uh, you know, if you have questions, I, that's what I tell people. That's what I'm here for. I'd be glad to share at least what I know but uh, I don't know everything, okay? But I'll be glad to share what I know. Thank you for calling. You're listening to Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell. I'm your host, Attorney Ethel Mitchell. Give me a call now while I'm on the air at 1-800-450-7876. I think I have another caller on the line. Good morning. May I help you? Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes, I can. Good morning, Ms. Mitchell. I'm calling on behalf of a uh, dear friend, and the situation is this. The property is in Lynchburg, Virginia. So I have three questions. The first question, she's, uh, she's here and listening, right? The first question okay. I have is this. Is 
remember them too. Okay. Yeah, me, okay. <laughs> so the third question is this, and um, is this the situation is that from what they understand, because the person just died recently, within a week she was up in age. And, oh, I'm and, sorry. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I am too. So the question is this: if the person died with a will, but there was a revised will, but the first will had the three biological children on it. The second will may, because it's not be, has not been disclosed yet, may have had the um, nieces on the will, but it is alleged that the first will was deeded to the three children, but one of the names was misspelled. I'm telling them this, if that if there was a second will, whether your name was spelled right or not, if there's a second will, it's no need to be concerned about the first one because the second will will trump the first one. So the mm-hmm. first thing I would like to ask again, are all these, I know you may not practice out of Lynchburg, Virginia, would, is that something that a person could go on the computer and look and see what the updated deed of that property is. Number one, the deed is the title document for land. The recorded deed is the best document that shows who owns property. The deed will trump the will. The will can only give what the person who died owns. If you no longer own a piece of property when you die, and this came up in another situation this week, the person had put in his will that a certain property was to go to somebody. Before he died, he sold the property, and therefore, he no longer owned the property. Therefore, that property cannot go to that person, not even the money that came from the sale of that property, because he doesn't own it anymore. So the first question that you really asked was if the person's will said so-and-so was to get a particular property, but the person whose will it is no longer owned it, that is, it's what we call it lapsed. It, It is of no value at all. So you have to own property in order to be able to distribute it when you die. Okay, if you no longer own it, your will is not effective with respect to that property. Secondly, the last dated will governs. Repeat, the last dated valid will. Now, there's a question about that last will. Did they know what they were signing? Was it executed properly? All those things can be investigated with respect to both wills. And don't worry about I mean, certainly don't misspell somebody's name on purpose. And if you have the time to correct it, have your lawyer to correct it. Don't you just mark it out and correct it, okay? But um, you can, by affidavit and other proof, prove that a misspelled name is this particular person. So don't let that stop you. But that being said, the last dated valid will is the one that will govern the distribution of the person's property, okay? Lastly, the deeds in Virginia are not as easily found online as Maryland and D.C. Um, so I, I, it, 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 usually you have to actually physically go to the recorder of deeds office in the county where the property is is geographically located, or in many instances, you can call them and then write them and send the fee, which is usually minimal, to say, I would like the deed for such and such a property, uh, and they will mail it to you. I've had quite a few clients get their deeds that way, but I, I have found it not to be as easy to get deeds online in Virginia as it is in Maryland and uh, in Washington, D.C. So I hope, I don't know if you're still on the line, but does that answer your questions? Do you have uh, another question? Is that helpful? Hello? 
Hello? Hello? Okay. Well, um, I'm not hearing um, uh, the person, so I'm going to assume that they are not there. Uh, but anyway, you're listening to Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell. I hope that that has been useful and helpful to people um, listening. It is one of the reasons, this confusion around deeds is one of the reasons why I have my clients to put a copy or I put a copy of their deeds into their estate document books. They have copies of their own deeds. And even when we are going to record another deed for them, like if we do a trust and we want to move the house into that trust, then we will put the old deed in the book. And when the deed is recorded, we email them the recorded deed. So it's important that you have a copy of your own deed. So if you or your mother or your grandmother, grandfather own property, get a copy of the deed. Look at it carefully. Make sure their names are on it or the names that you expect to be on it. And if you have questions about it or something needs to be done to correct it, then go to a lawyer quickly because a lot of times making changes on deeds is a long process. It doesn't happen quickly, particularly if somebody's name is on the deed who is dead. You've got to open a probate in order to be able to either make the change on the deed or to be able to sell the property. Okay, so you're listening to Law Talk. That's the kind of thing that I strongly encourage all of you to do. If you've been living in a house that you expect to own, even though somebody else's name is on the deed, get your name on the deed. If, you're, if your brother, your mother, your aunt said, you know, or the family always said that this house is to belong to you, or to you and your brothers and sisters, get to a lawyer and get them to get your name on the deed or to make sure that it's going to get on there when they die. And the better way to do it is to get it on there while they're alive or get some kind of contract, some kind of written, legally enforceable document that transfers the property at their death. It can be a deed, uh, a life estate deed, it can be, you know, with a remainder to you. There are all kind of ways of doing it, but you've got to get to a lawyer and let us prepare these documents for you. Get them signed, and if it's a deed, get it recorded. And that reminds me, one more thing I forgot to say. There can be a deed that is not recorded, and that deed might be valid and enforceable. The problem with an unrecorded deed is that if the person who owned the property in the recorded deed sells it or transfers it to somebody else, the, and not knowing that there is an unrecorded deed, then the person who got the property in a deed that was never recorded might be out of luck because they, there was no public record of the fact that somebody else owned the property. Now, you know, that's a very complex area of the law. You should talk to a real estate lawyer if you're in that circumstance. But if you have a deed, you need to get it recorded. Okay, you really, the recorded deed is the best public knowledge of a notice of who owns the property. Don't have a deed, have it sitting in your safety deposit box, and it's never been recorded. That's almost like not having a deed. Not quite the same, but it's almost like not having a deed. So please, I beg of you, go to a lawyer, follow what we say, have them to do it, and you will then be protected and your rights will be protected. You've been listening to Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell. Give us a call at 240 638 2828-240-638-2828. This is the only kind of law that we do, wills, trust, estate planning, administration of estates, administration of trust. So give us a call. 
and we'll be glad to work with you, work with your family, and try to make it so that your legacy is preserved and is passed on to the next generation and thereby really help them, really and truly help them. It's important to you and it's important to those that come after you. I'll be back next week, same time, same station. Uh, so please stay safe, be careful uh, out there, and make sure you've registered to vote and take advantage of all your rights. Have a good day. Oh, 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 oh,